Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, August the 7th, 2023, and it is the 18th Monday in Ordinary Time. And our gospel today is from, our reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already late. Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. He said to them, There is no need for them to go away, but give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Five loaves and two fish are all we have here. Then he said, Bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up the fragments left over, twelve wicker baskets full. Those who ate were about five thousand men, not counting women and children. So we had just read the reading the other day of the death of John the Baptist. Now remember, this is Jesus' cousin. It's also his very close collaborator in ministry. Jesus loved him. Jesus, you could imagine, on a human level, was devastated by the death of his cousin. Jesus has a perfect heart, so he's going to love people more than we do. And so therefore, he's going to be more wounded when someone is no longer there. Jesus is now in pain. So what does he do? He And it's purposely there in that sentence. I mean, why else would it be in the same sentence? When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. Let's just talk about that for a moment. When you're a little kid, and you need comfort. You know, it's not just always about, I'm hungry, mom, feed me. Or I, you know, wet my diaper, mom, change me. Little kids have fears. Little kids have little pains, and they don't always understand what they're feeling. So they need the comfort of mom or dad. Jesus constantly sought, you know, he... We, we can be, it's safe to say we, that Jesus sought the comfort of the Blessed Mother, especially as a baby and as a small child. <clears throat> but even as an adult, I'm sure she was a great comfort to him. In fact, there's many beautiful meditations on Mary at the foot of the cross and how she was a comfort to Jesus and how they shared each other's pain. It's painful, but it's also comforting at the same time. So Jesus leaned on his mother, but I'll bet you even more he leaned on his father. Another funny thing about that is that his mother taught him to lean on his father on a human level. Jesus emptied himself of his divinity, so he needed to be taught. So Jesus withdraws to a quiet place to pray when he's sad. If we only knew the power of prayer, if we only knew the Father loves us, Jesus loves us, the Holy Spirit loves us, we're always going to have crosses in this world 
But Jesus promises not to leave us alone. You can always go to him. You know, very often when I'm hurting because of whatever, I think of, you know, one great example is when my father passed. I was really wiped out. I was helping to take care of him. Then we had the funeral. There was so much going on. He had some enemies and they they showed up. And (laughs) there was a lot of stressful stuff going on. And when that was all over, I took a retreat. Why did I take a retreat? Because I wanted to spend time in adoration. Also, I wanted to make a good confession. Because what does confession do? Confession clears the path between the person going to confession and the Lord. Confession opens it up. So now the grace can flow through more completely. So imagine the imagine just from the point of view of grace, you go to confession, you clear out the path, then you go to mass, you receive Jesus in all of his fullness, and then you spend time in adoration. You continue that connection with Jesus, truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity. And he just floods his grace into your heart. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So he goes to his father. Jesus probably experienced a lot of pain in his life. You can be sure of it. I shouldn't say probably. He did. I was talking the other day about the loneliness of Jesus. He's God, and yet he's in this world. He's not in heaven right now. I mean, even though he remains connected to the Father, therefore he's always in heaven. I know that's a theological point that can be a little bit mind-blowing, but the point is, in on a human level, he's not experiencing heaven. He's experiencing earth, and yet he's God. So there's a loneliness there. There's, a, there's a, maybe some pain of separation. There is the loneliness that comes with rejection. The fact that even his apostles don't get him. And his mother, although she's the perfect human being, she's still not God. So even she has her limits because she's not God. She's not unlimited. So Jesus struggles. Jesus suffers. Jesus has hard work to do. Jesus only has sandals. He doesn't have Air Jordans. He doesn't have cowboy boots, right? He walks around sandals. It's one step away from being barefoot. And they walk from like one country to the next in the hot desert sand. Jesus suffers and struggles a lot in order to do the work of our salvation. So he goes to the father. He goes to him and the father's grace. This is how prayer works. We don't always have to be saying something. We don't always have to have an agenda when we pray just to be with the Lord, to be in his arms. I can't tell you you have to experience it for yourself. I can't tell you how many times I had a bad day. I had a bad week, a bad month, a bad year. And I go and I spend time with him in adoration and I receive consolation. It's not always a consolation because, yeah, you know, we that that's part of the spiritual life. Just like with anybody that you love, it's not always sunshine and roses. It's not always fun and games. But still, there's that encouragement you receive. There's the presence of the other. Maybe there's a message you get in prayer in your heart. Maybe there's a lesson that you get when you open up the Bible in prayer. Maybe there's some a word from Scripture, and it gives you a, a, a next step, perhaps, a word of encouragement, uh, the next part of the mission. 
So what's the next part of Jesus's mission? Well, now he's going to go feed thousands and he feels pity for them. Jesus's heart is just overflowing with empathy. You know, he's experienced pain and now he experiences the pain of others. This is ultimately his goal. He's going to take on all of our sins and the results of all of our sins, which are just horrible things, you know, separation from God. So he feels bad for them. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And then he performs this miracle where he feeds them. It gives him some relief from the pain to know that he's taking away others' pain. There's so much in that for us to think about and meditate. I think about different saints who, through their pain, healed other people. And I was just talking to somebody earlier today about suffering. It's not, We're not sadistic. We don't just go look for suffering for the sake of suffering. But life is always going to present suffering to us. But I think about great saints where suffering was part of their ministry. And as a result, they, uh, you know, they made peace with that suffering because they knew they were better accomplishing their goals. Padre Pio would get attacked by the devil. And then and the same thing in the life of St. John Vianney. They would say, well, we know a big fish is coming tomorrow. When the devil attacks and there's just nasty, horrible things happening to them, they knew that a big penitent was coming to the confessional the next day and they were right. For some reason, I don't it's you know, it's part of the mystery of the cross. God permits the pain and the suffering. God permits the cross because God is going to use that in this it's the same way fasting works. It magnifies our prayers. God's going to use that to save a soul. And part of it is, yeah, the devil attacks when he sees that something really good is happening or about to happen. So, yeah, we don't go, we're not sadistic. We don't go look for pain in places where we don't, where we're not called to take on that pain. You know, I'm not just going to go and do some crazy thing because I want to save souls, but rather it's in conjunction with the salvation of souls. We endure some suffering because God is going to do great things through us. I think of this little girl, little Audrey Santos. I think she's going to become a saint. She was a suffering soul. She was up in Connecticut and she died. I think she, this all happened like 20, 30 years ago, but she was a little girl who had an accident when she was little, very little. And then she was a suffering soul. She was quadriplegic. She laid in bed. She couldn't move May I think she might've been able to blink her eyelids, little bit of movement, little bit of communication, But her parents worked very, very hard just to sustain her life, keep her alive for maybe like another 10, 15 years. And people would come to her while she laid there in bed and they would give her prayer intentions. And apparently at some point it was revealed that she could see the Blessed Mother or the Blessed Mother would communicate to her. So that was somehow revealed. I think another mystic pointed this out and people would go to little Audrey and they would say, you know, so-and-so was just in a motorcycle accident and he's dying. He's on a ventilator. Can you pray for him? Little Audrey would pray for him in her own way. The man right after this happened, I'm just thinking of one example out of many. He was miraculously cured. And at the same time, she then had marks on her body of, and it would only last for a few hours, but she would take on marks of her on her body of this man's wounds from his motorcycle accident. So she had like scabs and scars for like a, a couple hours. And in the meantime, this man was miraculously healed of his wounds and woke up and was fine. And this happened numerous times. This was a suffering soul. 
God is mysterious. We don't totally understand this whole story, but God used the sufferings of this little girl uh, while she continued to suffer in bed for a few more years uh, in order to save other people. And then those people that were healed miraculously through the prayers of this little girl, they became believers. It's amazing how God does this. God uses what we're willing to give him. Her suffering was not simply in vain. Her suffering was not isolated. God uses us to help each other. We are the body of Christ and we work together and we support and help each other. I think of St. John Bosco, patron saint of youth. He helped thousands of young men to get out of poverty, to learn a trade. Many of them, I mean, endless numbers of conversions. He would perform all sorts of miracles I mean, of course, the Lord, and he used to attribute the miracles to Mary, help of Christians. But yes, many healings. He could read their souls. He instructed so many boys. He helped so many people. And he suffered endlessly. He used to have horrible migraines. One of the boys who had become a priest one day said, oh, I'm going to take your your headaches on for you. I'm going to ask the Lord to give me the headaches. And St. John Bosco said, don't do it. Don't do it. And he did it anyway. And St. John Bosco got up out of bed and went and gave a talk he had to give. His headache was gone. Otherwise, he was debilitated. He wasn't able to do it. In the meantime, this man (laughs) had the headache himself for like an hour or two while St. John Bosco gave the talk. And then he said to him later, I'm never going to do that again. And there was just this discussion between them of how St. John Bosco was able. He had the grace to withstand that suffering for the good of these souls, whereas this other man did not have that grace. It was not his calling to endure that suffering. So therefore he should not have taken it on, but the Lord allowed that to happen in order for them to come to a deeper understanding of what was going on. But yes, in the lives of many saints, there is a suffering connected to the miraculous connected to God accomplishing his will in our lives. So we ask the Lord to use us We ask the Lord to bless us. We ask the Lord to draw us closer to him and, uh, you know, show us the meaning of the suffering in our own lives. There's always going to be suffering, but you know what? As long as we're his followers, there's also always going to be grace. There's always going to be the miraculous at some level. There's always going to be a communication that God loves us. God has a plan for us. He wants to use us. And, um, and as the body of Christ, we can console and help each other get through the difficult things. Jesus was hurting. Do we often think of the suffering of Jesus at the death of his cousin? It was a big deal. Just like we, we meditate, I think, more on the death of St. Joseph, and Jesus would have suffered tremendously in that. But yes, there was also this other suffering. But as we lean on Jesus in his suffering that he endured in order to sustain and help us, We can also meditate on the fact that Jesus received consolation from his father in the same way that the father wants to console you and me and help us get through the difficult moments. I hope you have a great day. God bless you.